Welcome to this special series of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast, hosted by me, Christina Simmons, your guide for this online retreat designed to help you become the saint God created you to be, especially during this Lenten and Easter season. This retreat will consist of material from the spiritual classic, 12 Steps to Holiness and Salvation, that contains the wisdom of St. Alphonsus Liguori, as well as a brief reflection and a daily resolution that is designed to help you incorporate and live out that wisdom in your daily life. So join with me now as we take the next step on the road towards holiness. Welcome to day 48. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we ask that you open our hearts and our minds so that we may hear your voice and be given the courage to act upon it throughout this day. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So today we are in the midst of the Easter octave and we also are finishing our chapter 7 on obedience. And St. Alphonsus has us reflecting upon observance of the rule. So I will begin. To St. Francis de Sales are attributed these very significant words. The predestination of religious is bound up with the observance of their rule. St. Mary Magdalene de Pazzi was accustomed to say that obedience to the rule is the shortest and surest way to sanctity and eternal happiness. Indeed, for the religious, the observance of the rule is the only means of becoming holy. No other way leads to this coveted goal. A religious who would habitually violate the rules of the Institute would not advance a single step in the love of Jesus Christ, even though he performed works of penance and were devoted to spiritual exercises. The efforts of such religious are all in vain, and in them are fulfilled the words of the Holy Ghost. He that rejecteth wisdom and discipline is unhappy, and their hope is vain, and their labors without fruit, and their works unprofitable. Wisdom, chapter 3, verse 11. The rules of a religious are, no doubt, a burden, but a burden like that of wings by which we are borne aloft to God. The burden of Jesus Christ, says St. Augustine, has wings that enable us to rise above the earth. The rules of a religious are bonds, but bonds of love that unite us to the highest and greatest good. If it seems hard to us that the rule forbids what self-love demands, let us say joyfully with the apostle, I am a prisoner of the Lord. But I rejoice in my bonds because they unite me more closely to my God and secure for me an eternal crown. It may be that you can do nothing great for the Lord. You are unable to perform severe penances or to spend much time at prayer. You can at least be exact exact in the observance of the rule, and this alone is sufficient in a short time to further your progress in perfection. St. Bonaventure says, the best way to strive after perfection is to observe everything that is prescribed. The measure of our generosity in this regard will be the measure of God's bounty towards us. St. Augustine called the rules the mirror of religious because from our zeal in observing them, we can know what we look like in the eyes of God. It is better, says a learned author, to be a finger united to the body than an eye separated from it. 
and apparently good work, but one not in accordance with the rule, is not acceptable to God, and is only an obstacle to our striving after perfection. In the eyes of the world, many of the rules of religious life are insignificant trifles, but they are not so when considered in the light of faith. When Michelangelo was asked why he paid so much attention to trifles, he said, Trifles go to make up perfection, and perfection is no trifle. St. Giles once said, By a little negligence we may lose a great grace. In order to observe the rules perfectly, says St. Ignatius, love must be our motive, not fear. In other words, we must observe our rules not merely to avoid the reproofs of our superiors or to be praised by others, but simply and solely for the love of Jesus Christ. To be perfect, says Father Pavone of the Society of Jesus, obedience must walk on both feet. By this he meant that perfect obedience includes both the will and the intellect. St. Mary Magdalene de Pazzi expressed a similar sentiment when she said, Perfect obedience requires a soul without a will, and a will without a judgment. One day, St. Ignatius remarked that if the Pope were to command him to make a voyage on the high sea in a little boat without rudder or sail, he would blindly obey. When someone objected that it would be very imprudent to put himself in such danger of death, the saint replied, Prudence is required of superiors. The prudence of subjects must consist in obeying without prudence. The great Saint Bernard said, If, instead of obeying blindly, we wish to know why the superior has ordered this or that, we show that our obedience is very imperfect. It was in this way that the devil tempted Eve and brought about her fall. Why, said he, has God forbidden you to eat of all the trees in the garden? Eve would not have fallen into sin had she answered, It is not for us to inquire into the reason of this prohibition. We have only to obey. But unfortunately, she began to wonder why it was that such a command had been given, and replied, Lest perhaps we should die. From that one word, perhaps, the devil perceived that she had begun to waver, and at once he said, Do not fear, you will not die. And Eve fell, and misfortune came upon the whole human race. Thus ends our section on the rule, observance of the rule, and also our chapter on obedience. Now, many of you might be thinking, okay, I don't have a rule. I'm not a religious, I'm not a Benedictine, I'm not a Franciscan, I'm not Dominican, etc., etc. Well, there are many who actually do take on those rules for themselves and they become secular, like Franciscans, like my husband. Or, like for myself, observing the rule of the Apostles of Interior Life. What I want to tell you is that each and every one of us needs to follow a rule, a plan of life. The particular components that make up this rule that we have to be attentive to in order to be faithful and to continue to be able to grow in holiness. This is one of the things I love most to help people do, especially as a spiritual mentor, is to help them develop their rule. And what the rule does is it helps you put first things first. In fact, I have a whole online course about it. You can go and find it on my website. But the fact is, is that when we put first things first, 
when we develop this plan of life and then we adhere to it not in such a way that oh, once it's put into place it never is you know adjusted or or you know in in the wake of life especially for us as lay people or most of us as lay people um the fact is is that we have to learn when and how it is that we need to assess and to adjust our rule in accordance to when our plan of life needs to change because our life has changed. Seasons of life come and go and change. So it's different that way for a religious in which they commit to a particular way of living out their life for life. We commit to living out our plan of life for seasons, not so that we go, oh, now we're done, like Lent, we're now done. No, what we should be doing is, is that we should be continuing to grow in our plan of life and we should be continuing to grow within that plan so for example within a plan of life there are very many common elements that are contained there we have to be taking care of our, our human needs you know our physical needs so we have to be sleeping and eating well and exercising etc our spiritual needs which are what most people reflect upon and think that's all the plan of life incorporates but actually no the spiritual you know needs which incorporates our prayer time, our spiritual uh, reading, for example, all these different things that we need to be attentive to to grow in holiness. But then also we need to be attentive to our relationships. We need to be attentive to ensuring that we have beauty in our life, that we have a purpose, a mission that we are pursuing in our work and that we're, we're pursuing that achievement. All of us have things that we love to do, hobbies, those interests. We need to be pursuing those. And all of this, all together, you know, that intellectual stimulation is what comprises our plan of life. So it's one of those of when we live it well, then we are living life abundantly. We're living the Easter life. And that's why, again, it's so appropriate that this is a part, this is a Lent and Easter retreat. This is for us to be able to take all of what began in Lent and continue to grow and build upon it so that we can live that life that God that God tells us he wants for us, that Jesus came, you know, for us so that we might have life to the full, life abundantly. So know my continued prayers for each and every one of you that you continue to live life abundantly. And I look forward to seeing you all again tomorrow. God bless. Thanks for listening to this episode of this special series of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you think others may benefit from listening, please be sure to share the podcast with others. Until next time, know my continued prayers that you be given whatever graces you need to do whatever it takes on the journey towards holiness so that together we can tell the master of death, not today. God bless. Mm-hmm.